0: I'm honored to be here, and I don't, I really don't know of any place I'd rather be tonight. The last two years, we had so many things canceled that just to be in his presence with God's people is such a treasure, and uh, I'm honored to be here and asked to be asked to speak to you tonight is a uh, Um, Quite amazing to me. I thank you, Pastor, and um, truly, uh, I bring you greetings from the saints in Washington, D.C. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) And I bring you greetings from my wife, who I know that you probably had heard that she had a heart attack a week ago, about a week ago. And uh, I'm glad to tell you she went to the doctor today and she's uh, her heart is fine. She's got healing. She's got she's got to slow down. She's probably watching. So so I want to say the right things. She she is <laughs> true. I need her. I need her. And uh, so I do want her to rest And let her heart heal. That's what the doctor told her. And so, um, but I thank everyone for your prayers all across our fellowship. You know, there's nothing like being a part of God's family. It's, uh, you may not realize it. I was in the home with a couple uh, night before last. Beautiful home. And uh, they had been to visit the church. We sat at their table had a conversation, and they told me they lived in that home for 21 years, and they never had one friend come to their house in 21 years. I said, well, welcome to Live and Hope. It's about to change around here. So, amen. You can be seated. How about that? Um, I have a Bible, and I have notes, and so we probably should start there. Uh, so many familiar faces here tonight and we have, Antioch has made this journey with my family and I for these 40 years, whether it was in Lexington Park or in uh, D.C. And we have been the church on the move since we got to D.C. And um, one circumstance or another some of them have not always been uh, to our liking, but, but uh it, it's what it is is what it is, and uh, we feel like we've been the church in the wilderness, and now we have come out of the wilderness and headed into the promised land. Amen, Amen. <laughs> and And God is bearing witness with that as we have new Bible studies one sunday a couple of weeks ago we had like five new families walk in the doors and uh it's uh some of them actually i think one family was a returning family that hadn't been since covid but uh so good to have them back and uh and now we we need to turn them into bible studies and hello that's your part supposed to say amen so okay this is not spectator sport this is participation if i walk down there and give you the mic you're supposed to say something so all right and i won't promise you i won't do that we have uh, i'm thankful to have um brother angel uh, come over tonight. he's our student pastor and um he is busy teaching a uh Bible studies as well as all the other things, whatever I can find for him to do to keep him busy uh, in the work. And Sandra, who made the journey with uh, him, and Aruni, that uh, some of you may, may not know these, so I'm going to ask them to stand and, like, wave to y'all, and then they sit down. I won't make them, ma- well, maybe, but I don't plan to make them say anything. Would you, would you just stand up and just, all right? Okay and they have been part of our journey in DC and uh i do i do feel uh i do feel really quite honored to be here and look at the faces and i see miracles i think uh, the mcgurks have a baby yes come on and i'm sure there are other miracles but that's probably the most obvious to me right now and um, so, brother Levester, is my friend, and uh, good to be here. Many others, so good to be here with you tonight. All right, so I get through it all, and uh, I pray that I'm able to not. I think my ministry, if if you want to call it that, is uh, hopefully inspirational. I hope to inspire somebody tonight. I hope to do more than that. I hope to. Open your hearts and your eyes to a sense of responsibility. Whether we like it or not, we are now living in 2022. That's like mind-boggling. How did I get here? But 2022, and he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He delivered you from the power of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of his dear son, And you have been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. And whereas I have, matter of fact, I I did some like little homework and I may get to this, I may not. But of stories that I would try to tell you because so much of my ministry has been now these more than 50 years of uh, more than maybe not just pulpit ministry or maybe not just even starting churches, but doing my best to rescue someone from the darkness and see them come to the light. And I believe that we all have been given a part in that ministry. I don't think that that was ever intended by God for it to be just the pastor's responsibility, nor was it intended by God, do I think, for it to become uh, just an outreach team's uh, responsibility. But when you became a believer, a mantle of the Spirit rested upon you that I must tell someone about Jesus today. And uh, so, you know, let's look at some Scripture, all right? That's a good place to start. Um, How about the book of Revelation? The whole book. I'm kidding. How about just one verse that I think Kind of describes where I believe we are today. Uh, Revelation chapter 12. Matter of fact, that whole chapter, it starts off with a conversation about a war that was going on in heaven. Right? And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. Right? Then we get down to verse 12. And this is the one that I... I mean, verse eleven is one we probably have heard much teaching, preaching from. It they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Verse twelve: Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And, um, and then if you would turn to John chapter 4, verse 35. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, For they are white already to harvest. And then, I'm not going to turn to it, but Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. The reference is made to the harvest in this context. That the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. And it has been mentioned before that the one prayer request that Jesus had was that we would pray... For laborers, not not great talent, not, not great singers, not, not necessarily great preachers, not great personalities. Matter of fact, just laborers. And I've, in the past, I've done some work with construction and the guys who were the laborers, That was the hard work. Hello, you all with me? All right. And they didn't get top pay. Hello? They were just laborers. And though it was these 2,000 years ago or 2022, that prayer request still remains the same. As a matter of fact, I think it's even more so today because there are more people, if I got that right, there are more people on the face of planet Earth today, right, than ever before in the history of man. Some seven and a half billion people on planet Earth. And uh I don't know I, if I... If I believe what I say, I believe that there is only one God, hello? And one way to be saved, then I should feel a great weight of responsibility as a child of God, not just as the preacher. I'll be honest with you, when I got saved those years ago, I didn't plan on being a preacher. I just felt a responsibility to tell someone about Jesus. And honestly, when he filled me with his spirit, I thought it was just my responsibility. I took it very personal that I not only did I feel a responsibility when the power of the spirit filled my life, I thought I could do it. I thought I could win the whole world to Jesus. How could anybody not want what I had found? It gave me a positive outlook on life. It gave me a purpose for living. Yes, Jesus changed my life. But it was the revelation of divine purpose that not only called me out of darkness, but empowered me to rise above all the circumstances and live a consistent walk with Jesus, was that I have a divine reason for being here. And though it's now been these many years, that purpose still remains the same. And not only does the purpose remain the same, The power of God. I, I know it doesn't change, but I think it's getting greater. I don't feel it less. I feel it more. Yeah! I, I don't, I don't think it's impossible. I think, how can you miss? There's seven and a half billion people. How can we miss? But I'm going to tell you something. Perspective will determine the outcome. How you see it. If you see it's impossible, then it's impossible for you. But if you see, I can do all things through Christ. Then it becomes your perspective. And when you have the opportunity, whether it's on the streets... Or whether it's after a service on a Sunday morning. Whether they've come to you or you have been called to go to them. He's still the same God. He's still powerful. And you know. We believe in signs and wonders and miracles. Yeah. Right. The gifts of the spirit in operation. A few years ago. In Lexington Park, my daughter had met a a girl. She was a nurse, and my daughter was pregnant with twins and had some complications. And while she was in the hospital, this girl was a labor nurse, and they connected. My daughter called me and said, Daddy, I heard this girl singing. And she was singing uh, Ave Maria. Hello, that's not your favorite Pentecostal song. Some of you just wondered what I just said. But some of you who was ever Catholic, you know what I just said. And that little girl was singing. My daughter said, Daddy, this girl can sing. She ought to be singing praises to God. So, um, you know. I said, well, witness to her, honey. So the story went something like this, as is the case. This girl, um, not only did my daughter have twins, and she was her labor nurse, that girl then became pregnant with twins. I don't know if it's contagious or what, but, (laughs) but she became pregnant with twins, so they bonded even closer. And uh, one day, my daughter called and said, Daddy, I got an idea. Now, I, I hope you can listen to what I'm telling you and not freak out. If we're going to reach the world, we're going to have to become more confident in the God that we believe in and his ability to work through any kind of circumstance. So she said, Daddy, I got an idea said, why don't we have like a Memorial Day service and we could ask that girl to come and sing the Star Spangled Banner. Hello? She's Catholic. I don't care. She could sing, oh, say, can you see? (laughs) So I said, yeah, let's do it. So she invited that girl. And the girl said, I'll do it. I'll come. I'll come and sing. We're going to have a Sunday morning service. It's going to be a service you'll never forget. It's a memorial service. And so it was Thursday night before, and they were going to practice at the church. And my daughter called me and said, Daddy, that girl's here. She's practicing. You want to come and meet her? So... Of course, I went right over and I walked in and that young lady was standing on the platform there. Catholic girl. No idea, no idea about what's about what to happen to her. And so uh, I walked up to the platform where she was standing and they introduced me and I looked at that girl and said, young lady what is all that pain in your eyes hello first introductions (laughs) She, she just broke down weeping how did you see that you know see sometimes we think the gifts of the spirit or for us about getting a new car or a new job or getting a healing or getting a deliverance. But, but just maybe the gifts of the Spirit are about us reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And maybe what's happening in our world is about the church becoming the church. Where our lives are. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Now, I'm not a great theologian, but I'm going to tell you, I looked that up. What's it mean? As many as are led by the Spirit, they're the sons of God. It's not talking about relationship. It's that phrase, sons of God, is talking about, I guess it is in a way about relationship, but it's really talking about people who have power with God. As many as are led by the Spirit, they will have power with God. So uh, that Sunday, that girl and her husband, and they had two little girls, and they had the twins in those carriers. And they came and sat on a second row of an apostolic service, where in the middle of it, she sang the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> but we had church. When it was over and they left, I asked my daughter to call them and ask them, what did you think of the service? We noticed they got out, out of there pretty quick. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever been to a Mass. So, you got an idea? Compare a mass to uh, a Pentecostal service. A little bit different. Well, the husband told my daughter, said, You people are crazy. Said, I will never be back. I just chuckled. I've heard that so much. That, what that really means today, they got, the, they got the hook in the jaw. And uh, three days went by. It was on Wednesday afternoon. I'm at the office, and all of a sudden that husband burst through the door and ran right up to me and said, I need help. He said, I think I've destroyed my marriage. The girl had already told my daughter, I think my marriage is over, and my daughter told that girl, said, no, you ain't met my daddy yet. Let me tell you, there's some key things I want to tell you. you got to believe. No, I'm not talking. You could be Pentecostal, speak in tongues, and still not believe. But you got to believe. you got to believe in God, and you got to believe in what God can do in people's lives. And you've got to believe that people want it. And so I said, um, if you'll let me have a Bible study with you, Jesus can fix all this. He's like, what? He said, well, when when do you want to do this Bible study? I said, how about right now? He said, well, let me call my wife. So he called his wife and she said, where are you? And he said, I'm at Jolene's father's office. And she said, she didn't believe him. Put him on the phone. (laughs) I said, hey, young lady, it's me. She said, really? I said, yeah, I said, your husband thinks he's destroyed your marriage. But I told him, That if you all will let me teach you a Bible study, Jesus can heal your marriage. Hello? And so I went to their home that afternoon. I don't know how they got a babysitter so fast. But I went to their home and I sat at their dining room table for five hours as they told me every reason why their marriage was over. And I said, well, if you'll you'll let me teach you this Bible study, Jesus can do the miracle. And they said, well, we'll let you come back for one more. So when I backed out of the driveway of their home, I said, hey, Jesus, you got a big job on your hands. And... um, and then that Bible study, it lasted for two years. And uh, today, today they are pillars in the Lexington Park Church. All four of their children are in the church living for God. How does that happen? The Word. The Word is so powerful. The Word of God. There is no sin that's greater than His grace. If we can just believe so uh I got a title for what i w- was want to say, okay, but you'll have to piece it together they'll i I want to talk to us about the final call, the final call uh sorry before i before Christ in my life, I had some bad vices <laughs> hello. <laughs> And one of them was hanging out in a bar. And late at night, there was a final call. You know what that, that You couldn't only get one more drink. <laughs> and I I thought from the verse of Scripture that I read, there's something happening in the realm. Surely I don't even have to tell you that. That you know in the spirit realm, there is a great war going on. And Satan hath come down with great... And that word wrath is anger. All you've got to do is look around at the manifestation of it that's happening in our world. People killing themselves. People killing each other. Parents, children against each other. Brothers against brothers. Children against their fathers. Anger, anger, anger. Great wrath He's come down. And... uh, and we could, we could allow, and there's so many voices that are speaking into our lives today that are depressing, and we could allow the enemy to convince us that it's, it's a bad time. And it's over. But I just want you to know, if we'll listen closer. All of these things are a call. There is a call that's issuing forth from heaven. And yes, it's to the world, but it's not just to the world. That call is to the church. And the call is a cry from God to His people. To believe like you've never believed. To go. To go. It's not... Just that we put a sign out front. And they show up here. It's in the grocery store. It's in the bank. Hello. It's at the park and on the streets. It's on your job. It's your neighbor next door. They are feeling. And they can't recognize what this is. They feel a hopelessness. Because... The world cannot offer hope for what's going on in our world. But the believer, you see, you're not just a part of the church. You are the church. And the call that's being issued from God is about is about the lost. He said, first of all, he's, there's... there's Like, you've got to see this from a bigger picture. That, yes, the call certainly is. We need church. We need to come together. It's where we are encouraged. It's where we're challenged. It's where we are equipped and strengthened. But this is the preparation place. This is where our faith is encouraged that we might go out with a belief in a supernatural event that God can bring you into contact with someone who today thought they might end their life. But then God brought you face to face with them. It's it's like this. I use this. The final call. The last call. It's the spirit of God moving upon his people. And, and yes, all the things that we do we need to do but some of what we need to do we need to do out there someone someone uh, I'm, i know you've heard this but it's hard to imagine what has happened to our world in in my lifetime the world has drastically changed even in my, the years of ministry, when my wife and I first came into this, really into the apostolic lifestyle, we, my wife, uh, 50 years ago this month, my wife received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in a, a little, it wasn't a UPC. It was a, it was a Pentecostal church and she was, had come from a denominational background that said, if you speak with tongues, you have devils in you. But she was 18 years old and had a Bible. And she just began to read and read and study. And then she met a young man. And he was uh, the pastor of one of those denominal churches. But they began to read together. And so she heard about this meeting. And she went to this meeting. And... She was sitting somewhere in this let me, let me tell you, there have been moves of God that even that we have even not recognized as moves of God. In the early seventies there was a move of God that swept the nation. But because we, we're sometimes we're so focused on what's right here, we don't see that God is moving around the world. He's moving across town. There's there's Catholic people hungry for God. And there's Baptist people hungry for God. And there's Presbyterians and Methodists and drunks and drug addicts. Hello? They're they're hungry for God, but they don't know where to turn. And so she went to this meeting. She's sitting there in the back. And all of a sudden, this lady behind her, who must have had some kind of anointing, she came from deep inside and yelled, Jesus! Scared my wife so bad, poor little Baptist girl. She never heard anything like that in her life, and she jumped up to run out, got to the aisle, looked to the back, and it was packed with people. So she just turned and ran the other way. (laughs) And she threw herself on the altar, never seen anybody do it before. And the pastor came over and said to her, young lady, are you here to receive the baptism of the Spirit? She said, I don't even know what I'm doing here. He said, well, tonight you can receive the Spirit. And two ladies prayed with her, and she did receive the Spirit. That was 50 years ago this month. And like a few days later, later, she met me. (laughs) I wasn't quite as good. But what we didn't know was God had this plan. Can you believe that? Can you just imagine that God has a plan? He saw you where you were a long way off. He saw you, he said to Jeremiah, while well, you were yet in your mother's womb, I saw you. I had a plan for you. God has not forsaken his church. He has a plan. He called you out of darkness with his plan in mind, his purpose in mind. And uh, and so um, when I met her, without going through all the details, I was a mess. And she began to send me, when I went back overseas, she began to send me letters. That, back, you know, there was no text, no emails, no. no. But uh, she would send me letters and I would send her letters. Matter of fact, she still she kept all my letters. And the other day she said, I'm going to read one a day for the rest of the year i didn't keep mine i wish i had i wish i had it's like a man said you're supposed to chuckle (laughs) but uh in her letters she would say to me read this scripture verse i didn't have jesus on my mind i was in the world i was a mess but i would open that bible up and it would say like uh for all of sin and come sure of the glory of God. And I thought she was trying to tell me she loved me. But what I didn't know, and listen close, because you want to know there's something about the Word of God, that no matter how dark their world is, the darker the world, the brighter the light shines. That's where we're at. You cannot become depressed, depressed, my good brother, my good sister. You cannot. You must understand God knew it was going to get dark, and it's still going to get darker. But I promise you, you have become the light of the world. I think I read that somewhere. We are now the light, the church is you. This light possesses us. And so certainly in that year, in August of that year, I received the baptism of the Spirit. And then I came home and 14 days after I came home, we got married. And we thought, we really thought, oh, we're going to go win the whole world for Jesus. We're still trying to do that. But let me just say this. See, there's something about you. You got to have passion. You've got to believe until the believing becomes more, more than just church attendance. And you know I believe in going to church. I pastor a church. I try to. And, but, but the truth is, we've got to have, it doesn't matter. You, you, you may say, well, I'm an introvert. Well, pray your introvert through. become... Listen, I'm going through all of this to tell you we are living in an unprecedented hour. We are living at a time when, yes, Jesus is about to come, but I am convinced according to his word there's going to be a harvest like we have not witnessed. They're going to come from the north and the south, the east and the west. They're going to come from every culture. They're going to come from every denomination. And first of all, for us to think, and this is a good-sized building, but for us to think that this building is big enough for what God has in mind. I admit I'm not the biggest thinker in the world, but I promise you, this this is not going to do it. You're going to have to baptize them in bathtubs. You're going to have to pray them through to the Holy Ghost at dining room tables and living room couches and on street corners. Because it's greater than us. And they're going to come from lifestyles that we don't agree with. But you're going to need to love everybody. Matter of fact, you know, that's not like me just telling you that. That's something you're going to have to pray into your spirit. People can feel whether or not you really love them. It's not enough to say I love you. People can feel the, it, it will emanate from your person. And it should not be. It should not be that only one or two people in a church are possessed with this passion. It must become contagious from the front row to the back row, from the youngest to the oldest. And I have no doubt that our buildings are going to be filled. I have no doubt. But I want you to know that's not, that's not good enough. It's, it's going to have to be us going to them. You're going to have to be driven. It's kind of ironic because sometimes in churches, I, uh, in my lifetime, there you'll run across a few people who are driven with a passion to reach the lost. Others may feel like, and see, I'm not pastoring here, so I'm going to go home tonight, and you may not like me, but it's tough. I said, You may say, well, that's not my ministry. Then something's wrong with you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, it must become your ministry. It must become. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, there's something missing in your joy if you have never really led someone into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I think it's in Mark 16. That he gives kind of a list of these signs shall follow them that... He didn't say just like get baptized in Jesus' name. Oh, it's all there. But he's talking about believe. If you believe, these are the signs shall follow... Right? That follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils. Since when did we get a demon specialty ministry? Hello? If you're a believer... The devil's afraid of you. But you have to exercise. It don't do any good to wear some kind of a placard saying, I cast out devils. Hello, you're going to have to lay hands on folks. Now, don't worry, pastor will straighten it out. And you're going to have to believe to the the saving of lost souls. It's like, here's the thing. I, I read this verse in Revelation. I'm convinced that many people, old brother Urshan, years, years, many years ago, he said the day will come when you will see demons walk the streets of our cities. Hello, we're here. We're here. My children, my grandchildren now, and even my great-grandchildren now, they have come to a world that I, I wasn't ready for. But they're here. And it is a physical world, but behind it, there is a spiritual world. And all of the things that you do, yes, and you should, the praying and the fasting, but they're not just about, oh, God. When I say this, please, I want to say it the right way. I'm not trying to be harsh or mean, but I'm telling you somewhere, somebody has got to get passionate enough in their personal devotion that they become a threat to the kingdom of darkness. That they overthrow spirits that bind people. People that even come to church and are bound by spirits. Unable to raise their hands. Unable to clap their hands. Not able to worship and been sitting in churches for years. There is something that must happen within the church. That the passion comes like a rushing mighty wind. And sweeps the entire body. And, the, and you know, of all the places that I would preach and say things like this, Antioch has been practicing this for years. This is not new. It's been apost, But I'm going to tell you something. I don't care what it's been in other years. And I'm thankful. Listen, Antioch was good to my wife and I and our family when we were in Lexington Park. We used to come up. We came up when they were still in some building out here on the highway. A little, like a warehouse. Yeah. My, it was incredible. Antioch was on fire, tearing the city up, right? Anyway, but we've watched, so we've been over the years, been uh, been a participant and been uh, certainly a recipient of the efforts and the giving, the kindness of this church. But I'm telling you something, you can't hold on to yesterday. Yesterday's accolades will not prepare you for the work today. I, I I'm glad you're here, brother. I'm glad you're here, sister, and I'm thankful you've survived. But I want you to know it's not gonna be enough for what we've got to do in the days ahead. It's gonna take you, it's gonna take you, it's gonna take every one of you, young and old. It's gonna take us locking our arms and our hearts together with one purpose in mind. We must tell the world about Jesus. You know, this thing is contagious. This, whatever you want to call it, soul winning, evangelism, it's contagious. Greatest time we've ever lived in is now. I mean, as far as the church goes and evangelism, son, just go out there. Try it. Try it tomorrow. Walk into a bank and just say Jesus to somebody. (laughs) Hello? Hello? Yo, quiet now. Go to the bank, tell the teller, Jesus loves you. You know, look, I promise you, not everyone out there is going to say, I've been waiting all my life for you to show up and tell me that. But somebody is going to meet someone who has their own world around them that when they're going to be like that woman in. John chapter 4 after Jesus had the meeting at the well and she went back to her community come and see a man come and see who I met down at the well you may not be able to reach him but that little lady you may not have liked her past but Jesus knew what was going on he understood she had a past, but he knew all the time, this is the right person at the right place at the right time. I'm going to rock her world. And the Bible said all the men of the city came because of one woman's testimony. It's contagious. Oh, come on. here ever got saved one day? Hello? Anybody ever get saved? How many of you know what I'm talking about? I love new converts. New converts are generally pretty crazy. You, You may not want to meet them at the bank. Praise the Lord, brother! They're not even quiet about it. Hello, they can embarrass you. Would you pray for me right here? Could we wait till we get to church? How how do we do this? I remember when my wife and I went to D.C. And I remember one day she said to me, how are we going to do this? I said, I don't know. Hello? And I remember walking, taking the subway, going downtown, getting off, walking to a street corner. And there was an elderly African-American couple standing on the street corner. And I just walked over and I started praying right there, speaking in tongues. I didn't know what else to do. Hello, I w- it wasn't rocket science, it was like, oh my God, you better help me now, because I'm here. <laughs> and I looked up and this couple was, oh, they was weeping, they was praying with me. They, we had a conversation, they said, we've been praying for somebody to come to this city. Do you think God didn't know that? you think God didn't understand that? You think God doesn't know that He filled you with His Spirit? Here you are in 2022, and He knew it. He placed you here. I tell you know, there's so many stories, and, and it's like I want you to know it's all about Jesus. It's not about me as a person. It's about Jesus. But I am going to say this. Somewhere... Somebody has to say yes to the Lord. He chose not to do it all by himself. He chose that he was going to call people. And according to one verse, and I think it's Romans 8, 28, which we quote a lot. But it says, the called. The called, according to his purpose. The called, that's us. Here it is, twenty twenty two. And Satan has come down with great wrath. And we have no idea what tomorrow is going to bring and what kind of a future we face. But we do know that somewhere in our life, I can say this, I cannot speak for everyone else, but I can say for me, he called me. He called me me out of darkness. He didn't call me to be some, you know, big shot. He called me. He called me out of darkness and me with this spirit and told me, go tell the world about Jesus. So, it was uh, late one night in those early days in D.C., trying to figure out, you know, how are we going to reach this world? And uh, I got a phone call. On the other end of the line, there was this guy, and he was speaking broken English. He said, you the pastor? I said, yeah, I'm the pastor. He said, you believe in the Holy Ghost? I said, yeah, I believe in the Holy Ghost. He said, I come to America to receive the Holy Ghost. I said, I'm your man. (laughs) Hello? Hello? Somewhere, somebody got to accept ownership for this. He called me, filled me with the Spirit, wrote my name upon my heart, wrote his name upon my heart, and said, go, just go tell him. And so uh, I met with that man. His name was Pritika. He was Sri Lankan. I I didn't even know what Sri Lanka was. Sorry, Aruni. I met with him for Bible study He came We were meeting We had about 13 of us Meeting in a You know It wouldn't pass the grade today It was an ugly room With ugly chairs and Graffiti written on the walls All kinds of bombs Hello I didn't care I had Jesus I'm just telling you We didn't have any music My wife and I, we don't play no music. So we played the boombox. And Pritika came. He didn't receive the spirit. But the next week he came back. He brought his mother and father. They were visiting from Sri Lanka. He brought them. And they worshipped. We had about 15 of us now. I was feeling God preaching like we had a thousand I mean, this is incredible. Getting phone calls from people, wanting the Holy Ghost. Come on. God's working. Do you understand somewhere in this community tonight, someone has opened the Bible trying to figure it out, wondering what it means? Not knowing where to turn. They might even live close to this building, but they don't know what you got in here. And so Pritika, like the next week, he brought... His dad and mom, and he brought Devica. And Devica came in. Now we had 16 of us. And we turned the boombox on again. And we worshiped, and Devica raised her hands. First time in the service, boom, she received the Holy Ghost. Woo! Son, I was so happy, I shouted all over that little bitty room. Right. Devika went home. I'd like to know what their conversations were at home. All I know is Devi went home. Next week, when she came back, she brought her sister, Nadika. Nadi had to come because she was concerned about her, what her sister was getting involved in. And guess what? Nadi received the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And then their mom said, Oh, my girls, I'm concerned about my girls. She insisted they had to go to mass before they came to our church. But they came. I'm t- Listen, if you could only understand this, you think you're only getting one soul. But God knows there's a whole oikos. There's a whole world that you don't even know that their hearts are touching. I feel so much Holy Ghost in this room right now because we think so small. But God is thinking bigger, bigger. I want to win the whole world. But you've got to begin to believe it. It's got to beat in your heart. It's got to get in your spirit. That's it. Pray. Let the spirit put it in your spirit. Lord let the the supernatural work of God that's involved in evangelism let it sweep this room let it breathe upon Anne Arundel County let it sweep Annapolis and Arnold our neighborhoods our homes our lost families in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus okay I want you I gotta I'll I'll hurry and I certainly do want you to pray this into your spirit. But it's got to be like be written deep inside of us. Because tomorrow, some of you are going to meet the person that is a key to the a whole world of people. And you can't miss that opportunity. And you might think, well, yeah, man, that's Brother LeVester. He could do that. But it might be you. Well those girls, their mother came and then the mother got the Holy Ghost. And then their other sister, she a little hello, she a little feisty, but she came and she got the Holy Ghost. And then they brought a Rooney and a Rooney got the Holy Ghost. And actually they taught Bible study to her parents, and her parents have now been baptized in Jesus' name. I'm trying to illustrate for you. Listen, this thing is contagious. In the book of Acts, they turn the city upside down. I don't, I don't know why it is, but we have, when, especially when it comes to this thing of evangelism, our thinking has been so small. When, and most, mostly it's not about that we do it, but even our prayers have been small. We pray for the ones when we ought to be praying for the hundreds and the thousands. Oh God, oh God, bring them, bring them, bring them. And so many, so many doors. And then I thought, I typed these out. I had about 18 of them typed out that I just, my purpose is not, I don't want you to think, I'm not trying to brag. I'm trying to tell you that God wants you to know that Every person has an oikos. The average oikos, the average in your world, is like eight people around you. Even in the world, they got eight. So I ain't going for one. I want all eight. Uh, Rooney's teaching a Bible study to, right, a Haitian family. Yeah. I mean, others, but, right? And others are helping you with it. I know that. And, and uh, Angel's teaching an Ethiopian young man. And uh, Sandra is teaching a group of teenage, uh, uh, I think they're where? Bolivians. Because it's the whole world. The whole gospel to the whole world. Not just people who look like me. Not just people who act like me. Not just people who like what I like or eat what I eat. Am I, is this right? I wrote this down, but I'm not sure. I'll ask you, is this correct right here? That De- Nadika and Devika baptized you in a bathtub? Hello, is that valid? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, it is. It is. I just want to get, how about your opinion on this thing? And, and you know, I, last summer, one of the other ladies taught her mother a Bible study. And her mother came to visit, right? And I'm not sure. Did she receive the Holy Ghost? She hasn't yet. All right. But she wanted to get baptized. And we were meeting at Brother Libby's church. So I told her, we traveled everywhere. I don't know how we missed Antioch. But, <laughs> but uh, that, that mother wanted to get baptized, right? So I told her, Rooney, you go home with Colleen and baptize her mother in their bathtub. I'm going to tell you, you're going to have. If pastor needs to straighten it out, he can. But you all, if you're a believer, these signs shall follow them that believe. They're going to cast out devils, they're going to lay hands on the sick, they're going to baptize. Is that all right? Yeah. My son in law, Eric. He was working at FedEx, and he got—he's he, just—he's still like at this new convert spirit. He never prays quietly. Says, oh Jesus! Right in the middle of FedEx warehouse, you know, and uh, and this China, Chinese guy walked over to him, seventy-four years old, and said, "You were talking about the Word." His name's Hank. So Eric taught him a Bible study. And he brought Eric to the house and baptized Hank in the bathtub at home. In Jesus' name. I, I, now, here's, I, I just want you to know, somehow tonight I felt that I've got to convince you. I, you're believers. There's evidence that you believe apostolic truth and apostolic application. But something's going to have to happen to us in this last day that light is going to become brighter. brighter. When you walk in the grocery store or in the restaurant, people are going to say to you something like, there's something different about you. Bright. Bright. <laughs> and you're going to go, yeah, I've been waiting. I've been waiting on you. <laughs> You've got to learn the... <laughs> You've got to learn... Now, this is a funny one, all right? So don't, don't get mad at me when I tell you. I, I take my wife to the doctor today, and there was these two ladies. They were older ladies, and they were pushing a stroller with a little baby. And one of them was, the other was walked ahead, and the other lady said, Hey, handsome! And I said, Yes. Will you help me repent? (laughs) Of course they said. We weren't talking to you. (laughs) I told that for a reason though. You've got to learn how to be quick. You get a moment. Somebody may say to you. Something's missing in my life. It just may come out of them. Because out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. And you've got to be ready. In a moment's time. I've got what you're looking for. You need to look in the mirror and practice those things. You need to practice smiling. I'm telling you the truth. Christian people ought to smile more than anybody else. And if you can't, you say, well, I'm not a smiler. Well, go look in the mirror, would you? And just keep standing there until you smile. And then practice it. There's, I'm telling you, I'm some, I've read some of this stuff. It's, there's evidence that your smile will cause somebody else to feel better. It was, I don't know how many years ago now. It was, but... The three, one of the Sri Lankan girls, I believe it was Nadika, she went to school with, there were three, four girls. One of them was a Muslim girl. One of them was a Bolivian. That's Daniela. And the other one was a Chinese girl, Catherine. And I'm just telling you, the influence of the Holy Ghost upon Nadi's life affected all those girls. The The Chinese girl is now in our church and uh, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, and got a husband. Hello? See, it works. Husband, got a, got a, and, and two babies now. Woo! Said, all right. The Holy Ghost works. Yes. And, and so Daniela actually witnessed to Catherine. Nadi, though she was responsible certainly for, See, because it's it's more like a mentoring thing. You just don't hand them a book. I mean, there have been cases where somebody got a hold of a tract and got saved. So I'm not... If that's the least you can do, then do it. But usually they follow you as you follow Christ. Yo, come on, let's go. And... Daniela... I'm so many ways. I remember... One day she was work working at a hospital and she called me about, she met, saw this girl that she had gone to high school with and she spoke to her. That girl's mother had cancer, invited them to come to church. They came to church. The mother was baptized and received the Holy Ghost and the daughter, the, the girl that she met, Lady, Lady got baptized, got the Holy Ghost and Lady is now married to our systems pastor who had come in. How does this all happen? It's contagious. It's just like, oh, come on, man, I got the best thing going. You and me, we can take on the world. you got to believe it. It's got to get in you. And there's got to be an excitement. There should never be a time you come to church without passion. Your prayer and your praise ought to have something in it. Hallelujah. That is not what I'm talking about. It's like, oh, my God. They never know. They sit behind you. They never know what you're going (laughs) to do. Be careful of him. So, well, I'm just not like that. Let me tell you something. That person that walks through that door and you think, well, they ain't going to want it. They've been dying for it. They've been going to clubs looking for something that would satisfy their soul. Going to parties, getting high, seeking, seeking for something better, something. And so they walk in here. If you're a funeral, hello, they ain't staying. They already found plenty of those. Pastor, I know you got to fix it all, but I'm just telling you, it's got to get in you. And it doesn't matter. You said, well, I, I'm too young. Who said that? Who told you that lie? A couple years ago, I was asked to go preach somewhere and I walked, I walked into preaching. I'm walking up front and all of a sudden this guy walks up to me, young man. He walked up to me. He said, you remember me? Uh, No. He said, when you started that church in Sedona, that was a long time ago. He said, I was seven years old and living in a trailer park. My family was a mess. I was a mess. They would take me into bars. He said, I walked into your little storefront and received the Holy Ghost. And today, I'm the pastor of this church. Amazing. I'm telling you, that makes a 72-year-old man want to yeah. dance. <apologize> if there was ever a time that the church has got to be, I, I don't know, am I, am I making sense? Yeah. And they are, yes, they're going to come. This, no problem. This place will be filled. They're, it will be. But it's not all that God is doing. So many so so many yearnings of the spirit. God speaking to the heart of his people. God calling So the call, yes, there's a call to the world. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus. But there's a call to the church. It's like, rise up. You ever read Ezekiel 37? I know it's about the nation of Israel, but it's an illustration about a valley of dry bones. And how they were resurrected and then flesh and sinews through the preaching of the declaration of the word. They became flesh and blood. And then he prophesied to the wind. You need to say to people, you're going to live for God. You're going to be maybe the best preacher we've ever seen. You're going to worship God and love God. Your life's going to be better. And then he said, the breath, the winds came. And breathed, and they stood up, filled with now life, and he said they were an exceeding great army, 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 army. Yeah. there is a war going on, but God called us, He chose us the call for this time, this hour you 're going to have to pray people out of situations that are unbelievable. We could spend. All night talking about how dark the world is, and probably still not tell you enough. But I'm telling you, in spite of what the world is and what the world's become and all the spiritual darkness that go that's going on, there is a God, and His Spirit is speaking to every one of us. He's calling to us stand up, become that army. Don't just wait on your brother, your sister. See that God I don't know Sometimes it seems to me in my journeys Sometimes it seems like churches are waiting on somebody else You know what I mean? Somebody else if, somebody, if that's really God Let somebody else do it first Hello Anybody know what I'm talking about? That voice But I'm telling you It's time for you to say You know what? I'm not waiting anymore I've been waiting all my life for this I've been waiting for Jesus to come back and I am not going out of here weak and wussy. Hello? Alright, so I'm going to stop. But I want to pray. Now you can help me pray now, okay? Now we need to pray. So I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to use this group that was praying. Intercession to come. And pray for the Spirit of if you've never taught a home Bible study, just try it. Just try one lesson. Just ask somebody if I can practice on you. I'm learning how to teach a Bible study. Would you let me practice on you? You'll be surprised. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Let the contagious spirit of evangelism sweep through this body. He laboro shando ye. E sararaba ye 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 la 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 bodenda bashandara tatay Sadebe kedede ye ye la hito Moyenda Sade diyaba shadadaba ye 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 E karororororor bodenda In the name of Jesus 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 in in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Shararala bu Kededeye. See didi didi diabu sharore dey dey katatay In the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Atando shando Kededeye shaba ba ba Sadu Kadadaya pshabababa ye kondololomotendai. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Harando <laughs> Shandore Katadaya. Say Kadadaya Shaba Baba Lolo Sadi di 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 diabo, shado Lolo lo lo sando de dama kabaya Take te te shadi tarabaya. So ke te do ye, shando ke Yatataye de ye bo sando In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, 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 Satayando, Shando, Retabai, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Tokatatoya, Shababaya, Mekatateye, So karalayando, Shando, Retama, Sita, Tatai. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> you know, God chose, even among the disciples, He chose different personalities, different cultures. And he had a reason for doing that. And I've seen over the years, God bring people from all kinds of backgrounds. Lives. I've seen murderers come and find a place of forgiveness in Jesus. I've seen addicts of all kinds. I've seen situations where people, had, uh, you, you named the sin. I probably could find somebody who had committed it, you know. But I'm going to tell you, so well, why? You, the church has to be a place where these people can come. Hello? And find hope. Because what's going to happen is God is going to use them to reach people that they can say, you know, I have a similar testimony. You know where Jesus found me? And sometimes in the church, people, they come, but they don't think we've ever messed up. And somehow, we've got to be able to use our testimony to help our world know, my life is better now, but if you knew me before I knew him, you would understand why I act the way I act. He's a merciful God. He's a Savior. But they have to have someone that they can connect to. And so God brings people from all backgrounds, all kind of sinful paths into the church. So that we, and and I think you would agree with me, our world, our world's pretty messed up right now. Right? I just want your affirmation. You think that. Oh, yeah, 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 it's messed up. And so... So we've had, I mean, I remember last summer we had those in- interns come and one of the young men, he had a he had a really, he had a past. But I'm going to tell you something, if you're going to talk with people, you're going to have to be able to have some kind of a place where you connect. That doesn't mean you glory in your sins, but they don't see any way out of their sins. And for them to think that there's somebody who, my, came here and God did that for you? Oh, my God. I didn't think that was possible. They need to know that he still seeks and saves. I had one more thing I want to ask you. Years ago, we came to a meeting here, my wife and I. Bishop Wright was teaching a group of home missionaries. We were starting to try. <laughs> that's truth. Starting trying to, trying to grow the church in Lexington Park. And Bishop Wright taught this lesson on, uh, he called it key people. All right, that God can give you connections with one key person and that one key person can all of a sudden escalate into just an incredible harvest. And um, we have been recipients from that time to this of watching that very thing take place. So I'm going to ask you, if to close your eyes for a moment, and I'm going to ask you, to let the Holy Spirit speak to your mind about maybe one person, just one person may cross your mind right now don't 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 try to figure it out. just God may bring that one person to your mind, and I'm going to ask you like to hold a fist up with it in your thoughts that that one person, that one name, I want you to just hold it up there, and I'm going to pray. And as I pray, I'm going to ask you to release that name into the hand of God. Into his power, into his ability. That he will, even now, even tonight, give them dreams and visions. We believe in the supernatural. That's what he did with Peter and Cornelius. Dreams and visions and somewhere out there tonight, that one person, that's it. Now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, as we hold up to you. This one person that you have brought to our thoughts even as we pray. Lord, we want to release this one person, this key soul, this one that's going to bring great harvest. We release it to you now, Jesus. We release that soul to you. We ask you, O Lord, to supernaturally touch their heart even as they lay upon their beds tonight. Let them have a dream or a vision. A phone call. Someone in another country, another state, calling them to talk to them about their soul. Let there be a move of the Spirit that is supernatural. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Touch Him, God. Touch that person. Oh, Jesus, that the door will be opened. Yes, Lord, into that community of people. Into that culture of people, into that neighborhood where they live, let the Holy Ghost be released even as we pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Atando, shando de kababaya. She katateye, katatiabo. Sadaleando, shadalabaye, in the, In, the In the name of Jesus. 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 That's it. Let the Holy Ghost pray. That's it. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, in Jesus' name, let your anointing flow. That the harvest, O God, will be gathered in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Tashando kuroto yatai. Sadiba shadiba ba ba baba yando. Tono kando In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, andareyado shando rete Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus.